Good morning, everybody. Here we are, Sunday morning. Nice, nice sunny morning out. It's not too hot yet, yet. So, I don't know about you, I'm ready for fall now. I've, I've had enough of the whole summer thing. I saw, saw a picture the other day, it was like, you know, for everybody who's tired of summer, this is coming in like four months, and then it like shows all these cars covered in snow. Like, yeah, that's okay. I'm okay with that. So, Jesus, we thank you uh, for this place. We thank you for the opportunity to gather with your saints this morning. And God, what we pray is that you do in this place exactly what you want to do. God, that you'd say what you want to say. God, we uh, bind the, the flesh and the carnal mind, and uh, we lose your presence in this place, your spirit, God, to do exactly what you want to do. God, that uh, you would prepare your word with the fire of the Holy Ghost. God, that it would come exactly as uh, as you would say it. That we would hear it as you have said it. God, we just pray that you would do these things in us. God, that you're, you would accomplish your word as only you can. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Go with me to Jeremiah 17. 17. Oh, you're good. Uh, right? That's okay. I have a tendency to mumble. Right? Uh, never really realized how much I needed to work on my diction until I started uh, working with um, scripts on the phone. Because you know, when you know how you talk to people on the phone, and they're all professional, and they they, they say the same thing like a hundred times a day. So, you know, and they they've got it down; they're real smooth. When I do it, I kind of stumble around, I get tongue tied, and uh, I have a tendency to run words together. And uh, like, dang it! So that's that's why I like to have John do some of my phone work because he's got that golden voice. And uh, and his uh, his diction is excellent. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, in Jeremiah 17, um, and in Jeremiah, of course, is an interesting book because he talks alternately about the the things that are immediate, uh, about um, you know, in the early part of the book, he's talking about you know, there's still time to turn around and. Uh, you know, and and then you know he talks about you know this is happening, you know you need to surrender to it, you know and and do you know it's like you need to go out to Nebuchadnezzar because I've sent him uh, and all that, uh, but interspersed of course throughout the book he talks about all this hope and all this restoration because uh, after all uh, we all know that God is is out for our good and so. Um, uh, and this is a pretty familiar scripture, I'd imagine. Uh, I actually saw this on the uh, one of my Bible apps. It was the scripture of the day, and uh, and I read it and I just thought, wow, that is really, really precious. Uh, in Jeremiah 17, we'll start in verse five. Uh, Thus saith the Lord: Cursed be the man that trusts in man, and makes flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. So. Uh, 
course, we know that uh, that trusting in in the flesh to get things done is uh, not a good thing. You know, if you've ever uh, um, you know looked to you know the government to fix something for you, for example, uh, the ACA comes to mind. Um, that uh, you know the Unaffordable Health Care Act and. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm still uh, smarting a bit over that. I had to pay my shared responsibility payment and my my taxes where I came up short last year, so I'm still kind of gritting my teeth a little bit every time I say the health care act. So, still way cheaper than having insurance, though. Way cheaper. So, uh, anyway. Um, but, you know, Paul said that we're the circumcision who uh, uh, have... Who, uh, let me just read that. My brain is not turned on this morning. I believe that's what, Philippians 3, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, Philippians 3, 3. We are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. So, uh, and I don't know that I'm going to go down to the on towards the end of this chapter, but he starts talking about the Sabbath and uh, and the importance of it, and and uh, and I think it's precious here because he's going to talk about the difference between trusting in man and trusting in God, and and so it's appropriate then that he goes into this thing about the Sabbath. Because God said that the Sabbath is a sign between you and me about who sanctifies you. So, um, and when I think about the Sabbath, you know, a lot of times what I think about is David and how um, he went through this place where God said, you're not going to avenge yourself on your enemies. And, and then he finds himself running from Saul and... Uh, and of course, he goes to uh, to Nob, and he talks to the priest. And the priest is kind of suspicious, but he, you know, he's David, so uh, he, you know, he helps him out and gives him what he asks for, even though David is is lying like a rug to him. And uh, and then, of course, you know, Doeg rats him out, and Saul comes and, and kills the the priest, and the whole like burns the town, kills his family. And so then David is in this place where is God still going to watch out for me? Is he still going to protect me? Am I still going to be king someday uh, now that I've made this this grievous mistake? And and, uh, and it didn't just hurt me. It hurt all these other people. Um, and uh, and so he uh, it's a precious thing because he had to come to this place where he learned to rest. And what God told him, and learn to rest in His love, which is really the I think the precious thing about the Sabbath and about trusting in God versus trusting in the flesh, because it's it's great if you can look at something in your life and say, Hey, I'm I'm doing well, you know, and and that feels good, and and there's nothing wrong with being pleased if God's doing something in, uh, in your life and He's using you to do something. That's fine, uh, but. Uh, on the other hand, you know, we come to these places where, not, uh, you know, like Isaac, where there really isn't anything going on that we can see on the outside, and 
Uh, and that's, to me, that's a lot of where this kind of shift comes from. You know, Abraham had all these altars, and he, and he laid all this stuff down. But you have to come to a place in your life where where God teaches you that, that his, his love for you and his sense of being pleased with you is not about the laying things down. And he, it's, that, that that's not what makes you pleasing to him. That he loves you because you're you. And so you read about about Isaac and not really a whole lot happens with him. You know, it's like he he just kind of hangs out and and uh just kind of has this quiet life and God brings him a wife and he has kids and and uh and then he and then he kind of you know he passes that birthright on, you know, obviously that's a rather eventful story, but then uh then you know this this portion between of of the story there between Abraham and Jacob is really very short and there's really not very much detail there and so uh you know and and Isaac couldn't make anything happen he, they couldn't have a baby and uh which of course you see that in all three of them but um so he didn't really do anything and that's a lot of what the sabbath is about because it's a commandment to rest and so you just rest and there's there's nothing like uh having somebody that's really anxious about how you feel about them uh and they're they're always you know wringing their hands it's like you know or uh like you know i i hope you you know you're not mad at me or or whatever you know, and and you're thinking, well, actually, I was just glad you called. I'm, you know, I'm glad to see you. You know, and and that's how God feels. You know, it's like He's glad to see us when we show up at the prayer closet. And uh, uh, and I think sometimes we hinder ourselves from coming into His presence because we're uh, we're constantly going back to, well, I'm sorry I haven't been here in a couple of days, or I'm sorry about you know that I you know did X, Y, and Z. That, that was really a non-issue that you don't care about, but now I'm worried about it, so now I'm, I'm wrestling with this thing. And that's where it's really precious, where when we transition away from trusting in man, making flesh our arm into trusting in God, because because then it's there's this sense of I'm I'm glad you're there, you know I'm glad I know that you love me just because I, you because you do. You know, when you if you grow up with a sense of your your value being all about what you can do, what you can accomplish, what you know, if if all of you know, your, your achievements are how you are accepted, then uh, um, then I can guarantee that you will transfer that to uh, to the Lord as you as you grow up, and and you'll have that same sense of He's not happy with me if I'm not producing. He's not happy with me if I'm not achieving something. And uh, it's like, well, actually, I mean, it, that's you know, I, I, you know, your accomplishments are grand, I suppose. But actually, what it really comes down to is me and what I'm doing in your life, what I'm accomplishing in your life, because the things that I'm accomplishing, you could never do. So. Uh, uh, there's a, it's an interesting thing, you know, when you, uh, you know, like when you have kids and you, you watch them try and figure out how to do something that to you is kind of everyday 
stuff because you're an adult. And you, and, uh, you watch them try and do it and you think, nice try. <laughs> you know, and, and you know that God just sometimes he looks at the things we do and he says, nice try. But, now let me, let me, let me do it. And, uh, um, but he says, um, to, to reiterate this, he says, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. So here he's not even, you know, even more than just wanting to please God. He's talking about having your heart depart from God. And, and that is something that doesn't usually happen overnight. It's something that happens slowly a little bit at the time so that you don't really notice that, you've, that you have departed from him. Occasion, I suppose sometimes you could probably just, you know, get upset about something and, and totally turn away from him. But it says, "He shall be like the heath in the desert, and he shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land not inhabited." And so I read this and I thought, "Be like a heath in the desert." I mean, I suppose if I was in the desert, a candy bar would probably be the last thing I would want. But uh, no. Um, no, so I looked this up because I thought, what's a heath? You know, it's like, uh, um, and the, 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 uh, the youngs, uh, says he should be like a naked thing in the desert. And this, this word is only used in two places. Um, and in the other place, uh, I believe it's in the Psalms, it means, uh, destitute. This word means stripped bare. And so, um, so in trusting in man and making flesh your arm and your heart departing from the Lord it turns you into this this stripped, naked, destitute thing in the wilderness. And it says and you won't see when good comes. Uh you know, you can ha- if you have a uh a dead plant out in the in the yard, you know, you go out and water it. If it's dead and dried up and, and all that it's probably not going to bounce back if it's all shriveled up and crunchy. And, you know, and that, that's kind of what I'm picturing here with this heath, you know. And it's like you could water it all you want, but you won't see when the good comes. It's like it's it's not going to do anything for it. So it says, but you'll inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land not inhabited. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to have a drink of water. <laughs> it's like... Parched place in a salt land. It's like you know, be like going outside this afternoon and eating a bag of pretzels, you know, <laughs> and then going on a hike with no water. Um, so then, conversely, he says uh, here in verse seven, he says, "Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is." Um, and he says, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Now keep your thumb there or just hang out for a second. I want to read you something out of the Psalms. You probably know what I'm going to read you. But this is one of my absolute favorite Psalms ever. It's easy to find because it's at the very beginning. But he's talking about you know the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly and and all that. Um, I'll just read it. It says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And, of course, that's a really interesting um, 
progression that we could talk about another time. You know, walking, standing, and finally sitting. But but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate both day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. So, so this... Um, you know, this, this idea of being a tree planted by the water is, is something that you see in, in, uh, in more than one place. Uh, the great thing about planting a water by, or a tree by the water is it's not going to have to work so hard to find water. And, uh, um, you know, we have this, this river of life that, that we are, are planted next to. And, uh, you know, I was talking with my kids about trees and roots, and all that kind of stuff, and, uh, you know, trees don't just grow up, they grow down, you know, and they, and these roots spread out, and when you live in an old neighborhood like mine, you can really see how forcefully these roots uh, search for nourishment, because the sidewalks in my neighborhood are like this, because there's all these trees, and the roots just, they'll push the concrete out of the way, and, uh, so so we have these roots then and we can when we uh and so when we have these drought kind of times we still have roots and that's the precious thing because if you have no roots if you're like the 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 um the seed that Jesus talked about that sprung up but it had no depth of earth then uh it takes nothing for you to just dry up and and wither away but if you have roots you don't need to get watered every day in order to survive because you have a source of of water you have a source of life that uh is unseen you know because you can't see you know uh a tree with a little glass of lemonade and a straw it's it's uh it's 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 actually pulling the moisture out of the soil uh and you know, below below the surface. It's not something that you can see. And that's what happens to us is we have these roots and we we dig into the Word of God and we um we pull that that nourishment from it, but it's not something that everybody can necessarily see. And and the great thing is is then uh um, you know when the when the winds blow the the more depth of earth you have, the more of those those roots, the more they they are firmly entrenched, the more uh, the the more stable that tree is uh, in in high winds. There's a, a big uh, sign uh, for where you get off uh, of the highway to go to Baldwin, and it is blown over, and it's been like that for a couple months now. Just this big humongous sign but with these tiny little metal things you know and it just is bent it over you know but when you um uh, when you have if you're a tree with these roots you don't just blow over like that and you can't be pulled up out of the ground easily um there was this little tree thing growing uh out by my garage, kind of one of those trees that's like a, I don't want this tree here. <laughs> this is bad. 
this is growing way too fast to be a good tree. Um, and uh, I'll be darned if that thing did not have roots all over the place. And uh, and it was really challenging. I had to really work at it to get rid of it. When when Cynthia went to plant flowers in our front little flower bed thing, there were roots all over the place, just this tangled network of stuff for all these weeds because the people that lived there before didn't take care of it, and we don't exactly have green thumbs ourselves. But she spent forever just digging out all of these roots. They were everywhere. So, so when we trust in God, we become that... Uh, planted, I guess, would be the best word for it. We become that rooted, you know, and that, and that's what he said that we should, uh, as as we've received Christ Jesus, so we should walk in Him, rooted and built up, established in Him. And so, so he says here in seven, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, that spreads out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat comes. So I am I'm all about that, not seeing when the heat comes. You know, and actually I kind of feel that way this year. It's like every year I've worked out in the heat and you know come home to like you wring your clothes out when you get home and and uh, um, you know I actually felt kind of bad because I didn't even realize how hot it was getting outside because like I the only time I go outside is to go out to my car and back or to. Uh, go walk around somebody's house and take some measurements and then I go back inside and get in the air-conditioned car. So I'm checking the weather to see can I get by with a long sleeve shirt this, today or do I need to wear a polo, you know? And <laughs> a white-collar problem, you know? And I've got, I've, got these, I've got these poor guys out there sweating half to death. They're like working like six to, to like three, you know? And they're like... <gasps> You know, it's like we actually had to find stuff for him to do in the afternoons and out of the heat is just too hot, you know. Uh, so I feel like I don't see when heat comes now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Except for that the people that own our office building are cruel. They, they like, have the thermostat. We're on the second floor, right? And they have it set on 82. The air conditioner is on 82. And you can turn it down. I turn it down to, like, 68 when I get there. And it goes down to 68, but then it stops, and then it doesn't come back on again until it gets clear up to 82 again, because it's like, and it says temporary when you adjust it. It's like, do I need to pay more rent? I will pay more rent. I want it comfortable in here, for crying out loud. You know, uh, yeah, at my house, it, it's cold in the morning. You like, you get up, you don't want to get out of the bed because it's like it's icicles hanging off your face. You know. And I, I will pay whatever for that. I don't care. <laughs> I, I spent all those years being hot. I don't care. So, no. but you know, but but here, you know, you know so everybody's gonna want to come to my house and go upstairs. Like, I, like you know, we have like the thermostat downstairs is like 71. Upstairs is 67. It's like it's freezing up there. It's awesome. Like I, I actually I like it to be uncomfortable when I go to bed. It's like that's cold in here. <laughs> so that's how it's done. But um, uh, but it says that uh, he shall not see when heat comes, 
you know, when uh, uh, I, I, and it makes me think of my grass. You know, I'm kind of a yard nerd, and it's like I like my grass to look really nice and everything. And when it doesn't rain, it starts turning brown and crunchy, and the weeds start kind of pushing out the grass because it can somehow grow with nothing. Stupid weeds, but um, you know, but when you when your roots are deep enough, the heat is is okay. It's like, well, that's okay. It doesn't, you know, if it doesn't rain today, that's okay. If it doesn't rain this month. Uh, it's okay. I've got roots, and and so I'll be all right. And so he says that. Uh, so he he says that we should not see when heat comes, but our leaf should be green. You know, and I mean, like my neighborhood's got lots of big mature trees, and they're not turning brown. You know, it's really hot out, but everything is green. It's pretty. Maybe not my grass, but but everything else. And uh, their leaf should be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. And, uh, and, and I like this because, you know, careful in the sense of should not be full of care, not be full of worry. It's like I don't need to be afraid of the year of drought. You know, nobody likes the, the year of drought. I'd rather have, like, the nice deep roots and plenty of rain, please. But... Um, you know, life doesn't really work that way. So, um, you know, <laughs> I love this uh, show. I was watching with the kids one time, and people are getting married, and it's like, for better or for worse? He's like, for better, please. <laughs> it's like, you you misunderstand what this vow thing is all about, but okay. Like, it's not like you're ordering fries here, but... Um, but but not being afraid of that year of drought. It's like, yeah, this will be okay. Because, you know, and, and what this makes me think of especially is, you know, we have these seasons in, in our walk with God where it's just raining. And, and, you know, everything seems wonderful. Everything is lush and green and fantastic. And, and you know, life is just smooth. And then we have these seasons where it doesn't, rain you know and it's um and that's where we have this adversary that wants to tell you well the reason it quit raining is because you did x y and z or usually it's more vague than that it's usually just well you didn't win it's kind of one of those things you know (laughs) it's like well god just he's just not happy with you anymore you know or he's unhappy with you know if I could use the reference, it's like uh, How to Train Your Dragon. It's like, you know, you need to stop being all of this. You're like, you just gestured to all of me. Yes, stop being all of you. you know, and, you know, the, the great thing is is that is that God, God loves all of you. And so he doesn't mind, you know, if he does need to deal with something in your life. But, but he knows that if everything was smooth and easy and wonderful all the time, that's no way to make a soldier, and that's and that's that's just not how. And the, and the world can't I- ever identify with you. They couldn't ever feel like you you know what it's like to to live in the wilderness, and 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 have it be dry and hot and and parched. But because we go through those dry, hot, parched places, then then we can we can look at them and tell them I, I know 
I know how you feel. I, I know what that's like. And uh, so, so not being careful then in the year of drought. It's like, well, you know, um, I think, you know, uh, regular self-examination is a, is a great thing. And I think that's something that's uh, appropriate when we do it with the Word of God, with not, with not ex- uh, starting out with the sense of there must be something wrong and I'm going to find it. You know, because that that doesn't uh, that doesn't ever profit you. But if you start out with that examination of, I'm just going to look. I mean, when I look at myself in the mirror, you know, I'm expecting to see like Chris Hemsworth looking back at me, and and it's always just me, and I'm okay with that. But you know, I don't. I mean, I don't look at myself expecting to find something wrong. I I you know. And when I look in the mirror and I think, wow, my neck is looking a little scruffy, I don't take it as there's something wrong with me. I think, oh, it's time to shave. And and that's just how that's how we should examine ourselves with the Word of God, and and see those things there. Um, uh, that it's like, hey, you you know, you just got a little something there, no no problem. But but there's not being careful in the year of drought is a really precious thing. Because when when your trust is in God and when your your roots are are spread out all over the place, and then uh, and you've got you've got all this this uh, depth to to draw uh, nourishment from God from, then then the year of drought is is not such a scary thing. Uh, he goes on and says the heart is. Is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. And that's a precious thing because, um, you know, if if the things in your heart and the things in your thinking don't match up with with the the standard of the Word of God. God can fix that. The Bible says that you know if, that if any of you be you know otherwise minded, then God can show even this to you. You know, so you don't have to worry about um, God just kind of letting you just kind of crash and burn, as it were. You know, and I mean, I I wrestled with that idea for years that there was something the matter with me, but God wasn't telling me what it was, and was just going to you know just let this thing that I didn't even know was there consumed me and I was going to eventually crash and burn. And I was like, no, no. Because he, he searches your heart. And and I like how it says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Because you can fool your own self. You know, you tell yourself something long enough, you'll believe it. Um, you know, so, you know, I keep looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, Thor! <laughs> and I, I have not yet convinced myself, but... Um, no, uh, but no, you can tell yourself something long enough and, and you'll believe it. People can tell you something long enough about you and you'll believe it. And, uh, you know, whether it's true or not is, is totally beside the point. If you, uh, you know, if you don't take those things and hold them up to what does the word of God say, then, then you're just kind of left to accept it on the merits of whatever you, whether or not you think it's believable and, 
you know, it's kind of human nature to accept those negative things and be like, yeah, that's uh, probably true. I'm kind of a... Uh, uh. I'll never forget when I was in my early 20s, mid-20s maybe, and I worked with Kevin and I had just really kind of seen some of those things in my heart that were really kind of unpleasant to see and I was really discouraged about it and like, you know, I just I realized yesterday I'm really kind of a butthead. You know, for lack of a better word. And and it was so great watching him try and figure out what do I say to this. Because I I mean I absolutely agree. And I'm rejoicing that he's seen it. It's like oh Welcome back, maybe would have been a good thing to say, but <laughs> but <clears throat> no, and, and of course he had an answer that was, you know, way more pleasant and hopeful and positive and, and you know what you would want somebody to tell you when you realize that you're a horrible person. It's like, well, we're all horrible people, but you know, God loves us and he changes the horrible thing. Um so um you know, but it's a precious thing, you know, this sense of, because and I think this is per, a perfect thing to say on the heels of talking about trusting in God because this sense of the heart being deceitful. And it's like, well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that this is, you know, this is what's real in my heart, you know, because typically you, you, at the, at the very deepest thing at the very bottom of your heart, you kind of know what's true and what's not, but it's, you have to really dig for it sometimes. And sometimes on the surface, it's more, well, I don't know, you know, and so, uh, uh, you know, so having this sense that, well, you know, I, this thing is just kind of a hot mess, and I know God knows how to sort through it all and figure it out. is a really precious thing, and and it keeps us in that place where we're getting that nourishment from Him because we we know that He loves us and we know that we can trust Him that everything is okay and 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 that He loves us. So, um, you know, um, and so that's the the really uh, precious thing here because. You know, he he just puts these together so perfectly. You know, trusting in in flesh, trusting in man, versus trusting in God. You know, because you could trust somebody else, or you could trust you. You know, um, and and trusting yourself is a, a disaster. You know, and uh, the great thing is, is um, uh, when you do that, if you know, if when you set out to serve God, and because he knows that you want to please him. He knows uh, he knows what your uh, what your heart is, you know. And there's a lot of times that that we set out, you know, to maybe to you know, do something for someone else or with someone else or or say something to somebody um, with the with the very best of intention, you know. The great thing is is that God knows your heart. He knows the purpose of what you were saying, and so you can mess stuff up. And you may have to fix it, you know, or or have him fix it. Um, you know, I've, I've had many of a 
so sorry I totally messed that up kind of conversations. Like I actually, what I meant to say was, and this is why I said what I said, it just came out like, you know. Um, but the the great thing is, is that God knows your heart and he knows your intent. And so, so he knows how to sort through all that stuff that's otherwise so fuzzy and confusing because as much as we would like life to be super cut and dried, sometimes it just isn't. And sometimes sorting through our own thinking is not so cut and dried either. Um, but so trusting in the Lord then keeps us from being this dried up heath in the desert and uh, and not even being able to see when the good comes. Trusting in God bring, keeps us in this place where uh, where we're, we're well watered. Uh, and even in the year of drought, we don't need to be... Uh, uh, afraid that that we're going to shrivel up and die because we we've still got we've still got these roots and we're and in fact it says not only will the, your leaves remain green but that uh, should not cease from yielding fruit and so that's the thing even in the, those dry times there's our neighbor has a peach tree that has got peaches just falling off of it right now uh, and it's you know, I mean, obviously we had some rain a while back, but it's been really hot and dry and icky. And, uh, you know, but this tree apparently has some pretty good roots. And so there's all these nice squishy peaches on the ground. So, uh, so you know, so God is a precious, he's really precious how he, he watches out for us. And, and, and he has given us every reason to be able to trust him. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't feel so safe to trust him, but but he proves to us that you can trust me and that this will turn out okay. So, Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us, for your faithfulness. And, God, we just pray that each and every one of us would come into that place of putting aside uh, all trust in man, all trust in the flesh, all trust in in abilities uh, to look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. God, you are the beginner and you are the finisher of our faith and you said that you would be faithful to complete the things that you began in us. And God, that today is our hope. God, and, and this morning, God, our, our roots are uh, digging down into the, the, the soil of your word. God, to uh, root ourselves more firmly in you. God, and to extract that nourishment from uh, from your word. And God, today what we pray is for the rain. We pray that you would indeed reign in this place. God, we have every expectation of you reigning. And God, what we want is to get out in that rain and, and to fill every vessel. <clears throat> God, we just pray, Jesus, that uh, you would do exactly what you want to do in this place. God, you know every need. And you are that great meter of the needs, God. And, and you're not limited by the, the number or scope of them, God. We just pray for your perfect will in this place. God, for every prayer request that's on everyone's heart this morning, God, you have the answers. And we just pray that you would do in this place as only you can do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.